0: From HAN, I'm Philip. Green Tagged is our weekly news commentary show where we break down the big trends in themed entertainment and discuss why they should matter to you. Coming up, we're discussing preparing for the annual IAPA Expo, which is happening this week in Orlando, Florida. Okay, here's Green Tagged. Okay, from our studios in Orlando and Tampa, this is Green Tagged Theme Park in 30. I'm Philip, and I'm joined by my co-host, Scott Swenson of Scott Swenson Creative Development. And this week... We're not gonna do our normal roundup of the news because as every attraction professional, I'm sure is very aware, this is IAPA week. IAPA starts tomorrow by the time you're listening to this, starts on Monday and the trade show opens on Tuesday. So the conference part starts on Monday, goes all the way through till Friday. This is the biggest theme park and attractions trade show in the world. Over 30,000 attendees. I think last year it was like thirty eight thousand, but a lot of, a lot of attendees, a lot of professionals. It's not open to the public. It's a big, big show. And Scott and I are consumed <laughs> kind <of> with preparing <laughs> for the show. And it, it was <clears throat> one of those things where, yeah, where I was like, oh, you know, I really haven't had time to look at any of the news this week because all the news has been what is happening at IAPA. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting because uh, you know I've I've been a member uh, either through uh, a, a larger corporation or as a as an individual I've been a member for over twenty years of IAPA and have attended uh, the uh, the expo uh, almost all of those if not all of those um, and it's it really does become all consuming is a really good phrase here um, in regards to this because it's sort of like um, well it's interesting because. I, When I went to IAPA as a representative for a larger corporation, it was, let me go see, um, who I want to work with and, and, and let me kind of mix and mingle and find those people that are, that I've either heard of or I've products that I've heard of, but not really seen or touched or had a chance to learn more about and, um, and now that I've flipped over to the other side, now I'm the person that I used to be looking for. You know, does that make any sense at all? It's it's a yeah. unique it's a unique paradigm shift for me because all of a sudden, <clears throat> I'm I'm there shaking hands, meeting, and this particular one, I'm actually getting a chance to meet some folks that um, are our clients, but I have not met in person. So. Mm. That's going to be that's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm not really looking for work. I'm kind of using it as a as a medium pl- uh, a meeting platform for uh, for some of the folks that I will be working with in the future. So
0: so that's kind of cool too.
1: Plus, I'm teaching two seminars. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, yes, I think we should get into all that. But I, I think it's interesting the point you raise, though, which basically is there's something for everyone if you're in the industry at IAPA. And I think that's something that a lot of people when I talk to people who haven't been to IAPA ever before. I think that's something that is hard to convey because really it does change at any phase of your career. There is something, there's a different, you see IOPA in a different light, right? And from the young professionals, there are young professional mixers, dedicated mixers for young professionals. So if you're, there's also, the TEA has a booth there, the TEA next gen program. So if you're a college student, there's stuff that you can do. If you are a young professional that doesn't have a, you know, like a managerial role yet, but you're younger and you're trying to network. They have that for you. Of course, in addition to the trade show, I think Scott and I for the mo- besides when Scott's teaching, I think at this point we're at the point where we're at. Um, we're not running around to catch a bunch of classes per se, you know. But that is a big piece of the IAPA program is the massive amount of education they have. And my favorite parts of it when, when I, I used to be able to have time to go to these. But these are my favorite parts. I love the edu tours where they actually get you on a bus and drive you to local attractions to do case studies where you get to walk around and experience. So it's one thing, right, to hear about how the transportation system at Disney works, but it's another thing to go to the TTC and have a tour of the facility and they teach you while you're walking around. You know, and and, and that, Edutour, that's what makes it so rare. Yeah. And the
1: tours, um, one of the big ones this year that's Already sold out because um, you have to, you know, for those edge you have to reserve them um, because they are a very limited capacity. But the one uh, this year was the Velociraptor coaster that yeah, uh, oh, of
0: course, <laughs>
1: that one, of course. That one sold out almost instantly uh, because well, you know, it, yes, it is a professional it is a professional trade show, but let's be honest, so many of the people who work in the industry are also fan people within the industry, so yes. we want to see the cool stuff that's that's coming out. um, from other parks, from other organizations. Another thing that I really want to make very, very clear, because I know we have some folks who listen who are not necessarily theme park people, um, but this also encompasses uh, zoos and aquariums, um, mm-hmm. uh, FECs, uh, museums. I mean, there and there are mixers and you know sub organizations for all of these, and and what's fascinating to me about um, about Expo is that you can go no matter which part of the industry you belong to or you work within, and there will be a whole track of both education as well as vendors who will be directly targeted to what you do. So if you work in HR, um, you know mm-hmm. the HR track this year for um, education is very, very interesting. Um, I say that sort of arrogantly because I'm actually doing a track I'm doing a a presentation or part of a presentation in the HR track, but you know that this year it seems even more robust than it has been in years past. I also sit on the entertainment subcommittee, so I'm looking mm-hmm. at some of the uh, the entertainment offerings as well. Um, I, I think that if you are involved in any way on any level, um, you will walk away from the IAPA Expo with something important and something actionable whether it is something you learned in one of the classes or seminars whether it is somebody you met in one of the mixers or whether it is some new product you found on the trade show floor i think all of those things are incredibly um beneficial to us and you know just to be there and and touch base with people that like i get there i get there and i touch base with like past clients just to say hello i haven't seen you in forever it's good to see you and quite often that usually results in, oh, by the way, we've got a project coming up that you mm-hmm. might be really good for. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's beneficial across the board and no matter where you are in your, in your career, you know, Philip mentioned the, the young professionals and, and all the way up to, um, those people who are getting the, who are being recognized by IAPA as the, the masters and the industry leaders, you know, it's, it's, it's it's the entire spectrum. And the cool thing is, it gives you the opportunity, no matter where you are in your career, to meet with people who are in other areas of their career. Yeah, yeah. Um, for example, I was just invited to be part of a what is called a Trailblazers chat. And this is for people who want to um, break into the, uh, the field of attractions. And uh, they're doing, I think it's two a day um, for three days this week, um, they their panel discussions, and not only are they available for those in person, but they're also going to be, uh, streamed live from, uh, one of the hotels nearby. Um, so it's, it's a great opportunity to either learn from the ground up or to share what you've learned in your career. So, um, it really does benefit the industry as a whole And I, and I strongly recommend it. I know it sounds like a commercial, but I really do strongly recommend it to everyone because it's a, it's an amazing experience. And you may not be able to go every year, but try to figure out how to go at least once every two to
0: three years at least Mm -hmm. and, uh, and be a part of it because it is pretty overwhelming. Just for a point of clarity, because you know, you know me, um, IAPA is the organization itself. It stands for the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions. And IAPA is a membership organization. And I they they do a lot. They do policy advocation, they do newsletters, they publish Fun World magazine, uh, they do online education, they do mixers, they do a lot kind of all year. So you can be an, a member of IAPA. What we're attending is the expo for the US. But IAPA also hosts expos in Europe and in Asia, but they kind of rebranded everything to make it clearer to call it like IAPA Expo. So we're shorthand saying we're at IAPA, but just just for a point of clarity, that IAPA is an organization that you can be a member of, which Scott and I are both members of. Um, they also can certify you. Scott and I are both certified IAPA certified attractions executives. They have certification programs. So IAPA does all of that under the IAPA brand, and then we're at, at the Expo US.
1: Now, Philip, you've attended expos outside the
0: U.S., haven't you? Yes, I've been to both Europe
1: and Asia. How do they compare
0: to the the Expo in Orlando? They're much smaller. I mean, there's no there's no getting around it. You know, the the U Orlando is the theme park capital of the world for now, and of course, you can tell because ev- every it's it, it, this is the place. Everybody comes. Everybody. Everybody ever. I mean how many how just go on linkedin or facebook or anything any social and you'll see people posting pictures of arriving and the planes and it just it is uh, everybody comes to this one like and that's part of the reason honestly i'm sure iop isn't listening but maybe that doesn't matter <laughs> but you know it's we you know we actually stopped looking at attending europe because everybody that goes to IOPA europe also comes here so it's for us, it's basically pointless. If you live in Europe, great, sure. But uh, but it, there's not a single person that we deal with that isn't coming here that is there. So Asia is a little bit different because Asia is, you know, a different, it's more of a bubble, you know, and, and that's an up, a, a very large market that is kind of set to maybe outpace the US attractions market um, within a few years, right? So there, that is the smallest of the three, of the three still, but it's very different people and you can feel it. It really is very, a different crowd. So, so I, I would say this is, should be the priority for anybody. Uh, but if you are looking at maybe trying to find work in Asia or expanding into that market or whatever, you will find people there that do not attend the, the U S or the European shows that just go to the Asian ones. And the other thing too, is that there are competitors in Asia, you know, that, that are run by some of the other Asian groups. So it's, it's a little bit more diverse, but here there's really not a competitor. I mean, we could talk about all the other shows that are attractions adjacent, but there's not really a competitor of this way where you can get everything that you need for amusements from A to Z. And just any anything like anything at all like the education, the networking, the hands-on tours, the vendors, that every possible service you use in your park is all here. But, but so I thought maybe what we should go through our schedule and kind of to illustrate what what we're looking at. Doing while we're here at Expo.
1: Well, I'm actually. It's interesting that I'm still in Tampa because right after we finish, uh, right after we finish recording this, I'm hopping in the car and driving over to Orlando. And interestingly enough, Philip is also hopping in the car and driving over to Tampa to you know, do we're switching a places. Back- <laughs> so it's like it's like this is so weird. But anyway, um, so uh, yeah, looking at my schedule. Uh, As a member of the Entertainment Subcommittee, I have a meeting uh, this evening at 6, and then there's following that is the Planning Committee Appreciation Reception. So um, there's some some pretty heavy-duty glad-handing, if if that's right. I don't know. Um, I'm excited because I get to see the Entertainment Subcommittee people in little boxes on my computer screen, um, and then once a year, I get to see them all in person and get to say hello, and we get to catch up. Um, so that's actually starting, um, on, on, uh, that's actually starting on Sunday night. So, and then Monday morning, so I'm teaching, I'm actually teaching two seminars. One is a group seminar, um, which is part of the HR track, like I mentioned earlier, which is on Monday, the 14th at, uh, at 4 p.m. and it's called No Laughing Matter, which is really cool because it's three of us who come from very different sides of the industry and we're all discussing and demonstrating through um, activities the importance of incorporating improvisation and fun in the mm. world. So um, and there's someone who teaches this all the time. There's someone who is coming from the uh, primarily from the the nonprofit realm. And then there's me who's coming at it from a theatrical point of view. And how to incorporate the ideas of theater into the the office space. So um, I'm very excited about this one because it's uh, I, I normally teach solo sessions, uh, but I had submitted this as a solo session, and they said, "Hey, we've got some other folks from with differing backgrounds. Can we put you all together?" And we've been planning this for several months now, and it's it's all going to come together, and I'm very excited about that. Um, but then you know, then that evening there is a another event. Um, there's a bunch of, so a lot of the larger vendors will hold, um, mixers for their clients. And, uh, so they could all, again, get to see them in person because as Philip mentioned, no matter who you do business with, there's probably a representative at this expo. So, um, Monday night I have, well, actually, to be completely honest, every night I have some sort of, of gathering planned and a couple lunch meetings as well. So it, it it's utilized as a, a great opportunity to sort of get everybody together. Um, and then on Tuesday the 15th, I'm teaching another seminar. This is a solo seminar and it's called uh, The Right Boo for You. And it's all about how to find a, all about how to develop a Halloween event that matches your budget and your brand. Um mm-hmm. This year, there was a lot of uh, requests from various organizations, especially to expand in the Halloween market, um, yeah. which is interesting to me, because this is something that has been explored <clears throat> for years and years and years, um, but uh, it's come back again this year as something that was of great interest. So I do know that, uh, that there are two separate seminars. Um, Matt Marbury is teaching one of them, and I'm teaching the other and uh they're they're both about his is more about um haunting unique locations and mine is more about uh kind of finding the right approach the right north star sorry i Mm -hmm. use my own terminology but the, the the right north star for your event and how to build something around it um then uh wednesday of course wednesday the 16th is the brass ring awards which is always exciting um as Philip mentioned, IAPA has many tentacles that that reach out into the world, and the brass ring awards are um, curated and adjudicated excellence awards mm-hmm. based on uh, submissions from parks literally around the world. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I love to go to brass rings is because you can you get a whole new perspective of of what's happening in parks in places that you didn't even know had parks because it's yeah. broken down by yeah. it's broken down by attendance it's broken down by budget um, so there's a lot of a lot of different ways to look at that and i of course have to be at that because i'm also a judge for that particular mm-hmm. um part of the of the show and they but, have a halloween and christmas which is my favorite part of yes. Brass ranks yes they do have they do have halloween and christmas that is true and that's re- relatively new they didn't used to have those you you would do you could do um shows within your seasonal events but there wasn't a category for overall seasonal event until mm-hmm. two years ago, two or three years ago. Um, but that's you know those are always fun to see too. I actually, so I'll be completely honest. One of the things I like to see in the Brass Ring Awards is uh, I get I get excited to to see the uh, the marketing. I get excited uh, to see yeah. how different how different parks are advertising. Um, whether that's a new attraction or, and some of the smaller organizations have some of the most clever marketing campaigns because they don't have a lot of, they are they don't get overly concerned about, gosh, we have to run this through 15 or 20 different filters. They run yeah. it through two or three and, and they sometimes are a little edgier, but really fun, really, really fun. And it's something that I think the larger parks, I think it's an opportunity for the larger parks to learn from the smaller organizations and from the small, for the smaller organizations to learn from the the larger ones as well, so so those are super fun, um, and then you know various various and sundry meetings, and then on Thursday the seventeenth, that night is always my favorite night, which is the IAPA celebrates night, and this is yep. where again being held in Orlando, um, this is where IAPA works with one of the one of the larger parks in the area to do a
0: catered evening um, that is just always a ton of fun yeah it's incredible iapa celebrates is incredible it it does tend to sell out right but it's basically a private party in a theme park which is you know again as if you are a theme park fan that type of experience you know to, to be able to be part of a like a private party in a park where you get exclusive ride time for a new incredible attraction and then you also get Food. I mean, they, they bring out food and they do like a kind of all you can eat kind of like snack hors d'oeuvre kind of thing as you're walking through the area. Uh, and then you get exc- exclusive ride time in, in an area. So it, it is great. And then plus, every, you know, you, you're bound to run into people again that, you know, in in that. So it, it's I mean, everybody I know is going. So it's uh-huh. it's it's you know, it, it's 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 incredible. I, and I also think it's also the other IOPA thing about the IOPA events like that. The value is always there so i think yes it is i think 150 for members for iapa celebrates but you are getting access to the theme park exclusive ride time and food all included in that so it's 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 a pretty good they're generally pretty good deals and then you also can hop a bus so you're not paying parking or any of that so you get transport included it's like park time exclusive park time and food and transport all for 150 is pretty good
1: and and i'll be honest Living in Florida, I am not the one who is particularly motivated to run out to a park and do it like a regular guest. Um, I, if I'm working or I have the opportunity to um, call a friend and sneak in the back, you know, I'm much more apt to do that. Uh, for me, I don't, I mean, I'll, I'll use last year as an example. Uh, last year, it was it was uh, all about Star Wars at Disney. And um, the fact that I got to do... Both um, uh, Smuggler's Run and um, Rise of the Resistance, I could do both of them twice in one evening. Plus, get fed. Plus, get drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was well worth the 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 price of admission for me um, because it also meant that I got to hang out with <clears throat> some of my my friends and and clients and coworkers in an environment that wasn't at all business related it was just let's go have a good time and i think that helps build those kinds of relationships as well um, so i'm i'm excited for that this year we'll see we'll see how that goes what i also find really interesting about iapa is uh, that business still continues yeah. so it is it is very common to see people leaving the trade show floor or heading out to heading back to their hotel room or heading off to some quiet place just to do a catch up meeting. Uh, I know I'm going to be doing that throughout the week um, to be doing a catch up meeting with, with different clients. Um, And the nice thing about it is sometimes those catch up meetings spark something that you go, Oh, I saw that on the trade show floor. Let me go get pictures of that and I'll send it to you. You know, it's, it's, and I, I will say the only the only downside, this is the only downside for me in uh, for IAPA Expo is timing. Um, it yeah. is always in November. And I know this is true with Philip. I know this is true with me um, when we are focused so much on fourth quarter seasonal events like Halloween and Christmas events. yeah, This is the changeover time. So it makes it a little bit difficult, a little bit tricky to schedule things like rehearsals. Um, You know, I know that when I returned from IAPA Expo, I hit the ground running in rehearsals for Christmas, and I just came from Indianapolis um, where we did rehearsals up there. So I had to schedule them around the IAPA time um, because again, virtually no one is available during the actual festival. Yeah. During the
0: actual expo. Well, we are vending and so that's a little bit different. I and mean, actually, both Gantum and ZTag are vending. And even though ZTag is a separate company, of course, you know, Quan is still involved with both companies. And so we do help out our <laughs> ZTag brothers over there to make sure that their stuff is uh, doing okay. So that makes it a little bit different because load in, the other thing too is that in terms of attendance wise, it's relatively small. Um, 30 even 40,000 people is not a lot of people compared to say a Comic-Con that or Anime Expo that will reach 100,000 at one time <laughs> like in the space. This is sure. 40,000 over several days. So but if you compare that though with the amount of physical space it takes up, it takes up a, a very large amount of physical space. I would argue almost more than any of those other fan conventions and that's because people bring enormous boosts, they bring dark rides, they bring rides for you to ex- test out, but that requires a lot of setup. And so you'll generally, setup can start three or four days before the convention actually opens. And so for us, for Gantam, we only have a 10x10, and for ZTag, they have a 20 by 20 so it's a little bit more of a setup process for Z tag because they need to set up their 20 by 20. But for us, we're already set up. And so it's less, you know, less stress, but I do, we do have a lot of other friends that right now, this, this whole weekend have spent their entire weekend on the floor, setting stuff up, programming stuff, getting demos ready, you know, getting all that, all those pieces in play. But for us, that's wasn't as much of a, of a, of an issue this year. Um, and then, so that that's generally that starts. Thursday is when it started this year so the of the week before so we had Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday Monday kind of as a as a setup time so vendors will be setting up that entire time and uh you can get your badges early of course whatnot before the trade show opens but for us we're not going we're having like a staff meeting on Monday because we're all in town so we're not uh gonna go for the education or any of that on Monday we're gonna go on Tuesday when the trade show floor opens so we'll have our staff running the booth Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's when the show's floors open. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They'll be running the booth at that time. And we just kind of trade off. We have like trade off, but of course I'm not going to be at the booth because of course not. Um, Philip isn't at the booth. (laughs) Um, Phillip is off videotaping things. He's off getting interviews. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's the angle that I I'm, I'm actually the angle I take it is we're getting content. We're, we're I'm reporting on IAPA. So that's, that's the angle that I come at it at. And generally the angle that I take with it is I look for seasonal entertainment, specifically Halloween at IAPA and I know a lot of our listeners are do Halloween stuff, so it's a it's a pretty big crossover and there's a lot of Halloween at IAPA. <laughs> what I would say is I know the, the big Halloween show of course is Transworld's Halloween Attraction Show, but the very large vendors that sell to more than just Halloween, all of them are at IAPA, And so they they're bringing their new products. Like before they get to Transworld, their new products are always debuted at Iopa. So for example, Froggy's Fog, I was already contacted by that team. They have a very new, they have a new, no one else in the world does this type of product that they are debuting at IAPA, and they're going giving demos for that, right? And that's when you can kind of really get a jump on those type of orders. Then, but because by the time they get to Transworld, they've, you know, you've had several months already. So, so Transworld is here. The team, Transworld team also is here. They usually do a, a Haunter Mixer. Uh, event as well here at iapa and I mean, there's just a lot there's a lot of if if you are involved in the haunt fashion space you will find a lot of of others here at the show as well in addition to vendors like froggy's fog and haunt pay is here with their parent company ticket leap and you even have mask makers like cfx mass and the vfx creates folks i mean anybody that that sells to anything that's that's not just a haunt now, at, there's also Halloween education, not as much, but there is Halloween education. And I also think it's it's just, it's also, I think, a good perspective as well for people that are in the Halloween space to see education that goes beyond that. You know, like here are some of the HR specific classes, even if it's meant for a larger organization, it's still beneficial, I think, to have those takeaways. And the education tours, I think, are also beneficial. They show you how ops are done at parks, because you know, when you get your haunt and it scales up to a screen park, you're, you know, you're learning, seeing how it's done at places with that, I think is beneficial. It gives you that perspective. So, but I I will say I get asked this a lot too, and as a reporter, you know, kind of what the difference is or what the best show is to go to is, et cetera, et cetera. I think it comes down always to your need, what you need, you know, as a person professionally. And the differences specifically between the Transworld show and the IOPA Expo would be, in my opinion, that obviously the, the Halloween show is geared more specifically to immersive and Halloween and Christmas, right? But you get the small vendors, like the boutique vendors will go to the Transworld show and they will sell out. You know, those people that it's maybe just a few guys that run the shop and they make everything by hand here in the U.S. and Stuff, I mean, stuff that you can't get anywhere else, right? But that, you know, that is in that capacity. Those aren't at IAPA generally. IAPA, you get the people that are larger manufacturers that have much larger supply chains, much larger capacity because they're trying to supply theme parks all over the world. So I think that would be the difference. If you're looking for more of the niche things, you're going to get them. But the larger stuff, you can order FOG, right, at... IAPA, just fine. You can order all of your food and all those concessions and all that kind of stuff. there just fine. But those boutique things, and then of course the boutique education, which,
1: but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to me because I think that, like I said, I think no matter if you are involved in the attractions industry in any way, shape or form, I think going to an IAPA expo will be beneficial to you. Um, Aside from any other shows, Phillips, right? I mean, Transworld and and any of the other you know smaller shows, they they focus on specific things. This is sort of across the board. However, yeah. sometimes when you view things across the board, like I've gone to IAPA and found things that have nothing to do with Halloween or nothing to do with Christmas that I'm like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if we use that to create X, Y, or Z. And when you're walking around, just to give you some, if you've never been to an IAPA show, just to give you some idea, it is the entire, it is the entire Orlando Convention Center. Uh, It's, it's huge. It's gigantic. And um, you can, you can be at one booth talking about insurance. You go to another booth to talk about ticketing. You go to another booth um, to taste some the newest flavor of of Dippin' Dots or or Micromelts or whatever other brand makes those little tiny pellets of ice cream. Um, and then you can turn around and see an entire ride set up and operational. All on the trade show floor. Um, yeah. It's it is everything you could possibly imagine. And then, as you're you know thinking, I've seen everything I can possibly see. There's somebody showing you how to clean up and and sweep your park with a new device. Uh, it's it is everything. It is all encompassing,
0: and it gives you a nice um, overall view of what is available to you. So, and also because of course this is me. This is Philip. Um, Four hundred and eighty thousand square feet is the, the, the activated space of the IAPA show. So almost half a million square feet, right? Just shy of half a million yeah. square feet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's big. It's a big show. So anyway, um, I, I hope you've
1: enjoyed our sort of what we'll call a preview to the show um, mm-hmm. and kind of talking a little bit about what we're anticipating, what our schedules are, because next week we will actually tell you what happened at the show. So think of this as sort of one of a two-part series. And uh, we'll be reporting next week on all things that we experienced at IAPA and uh, and the important things that you should know as our listeners. So until next week, thank you so much for listening. On behalf of Philip and myself, Scott Swain um this is green tag theme park in 30 and we
0: will see you next week today's episode was produced and edited by me philip hernandez with post production by david swope support for this episode comes from gantum lighting and controls see what you're missing with a free demo sign up at gantum.com/demo we release a free weekly industry newsletter sign up on our website or at the link in our show notes The Haunted Attraction Network team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Luis Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Maximus Bryant. Our partner stations include A Scott in the Dark, Scare Track, The Scare Factor, and Haunt Topic Radio. Finally, please, please, please rate and subscribe to our show wherever you're listening. And until next time, haunters, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.